Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You can be seated this morning. Thank you, Lord. If you haven't been out uh, for Wednesday nights for Heather's, can we just stop for a moment? Just thank, just say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I love it. I love him. I love his presence. I love his presence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just, just breathe him in this morning. He's here. Just, just breathe him in. Sometimes we get so distracted by everything else. Just, just love on him. Just thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Woo, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He's here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, as I was saying, if you haven't come out on Wednesday nights for Heather's teaching on spiritual warfare and deliverance, I can tell you it has stirred up some religious demons. And so you, you should come out and just see what it's all about. It's funny. You know, people get stirred up and, uh, over the silliest things. But it's, it's a great teaching, and it will help you. I promise it will be a good help to you in your walk, your journey with Christ. We, are, we don't, you know, those of you that have been around us and have been here for a while, if you're a guest, you probably don't know this. But if you've been here a while, you know we don't, you know, we don't make a lot out of the devil. The devil's defeated. I hate him. He's defeated. He's in bondage. That's all I need to know. He's good. I, you know, so anytime I encounter a devil, I just know I have the victory going into this. You know, it's, there's no, there, it's all it is. It's, it is what it is. And I've known that for a long time. I'll, Heather told her story uh, on Wednesday night. I don't, I don't get to teach on Wednesday nights. <laughs> Heather gets to teach, so I'll be teaching the next round. But, uh, I, and she's a great teacher, so I don't, you know, I don't need to. But, but because she's got the floor, I haven't had a chance to tell my story. So she told her story of when she first encountered a devil. And if she was telling that story and, and saw someone deliver. So when she was telling that story, I thought, hmm, when was the first time I ever dealt with the devil? I started scratching my head. What, what's my story and all that? And it took me back. Uh, I have a lot of stories, but, but it took me back. I was, a, I was in high school. And um, as you know, God had called me into ministry when I, when I well, it was the first time I ever heard him tell me I was going to be a pastor was when I was about eight years old at kids camp. And uh, I'll never forget, we had, we had an uh, evangelist missionary from uh, speaking at the camp from uh, Africa. And I remember, I still remember to this day, I can take you right back to the place at the altar where God spoke to me and said, you're going to pastor. I remember that. And then when I was 14, he reminded me of that calling. And, and so I've been following that, you know, since. Doesn't mean that it's been easy. Doesn't mean that, that I've been perfect all along the way. <laughs> Absolutely not. But anyway, so soon after I was, I started pursuing his call on my life for ministry. Um, I had, uh, I was preaching, ministering in our area and our community, and that's a, there's a whole story around that. But anyway, um, I had this person call me, and they they were uh, they started freaking out. They were like, "Hey, you know, um, I, I don't know what to do. I need help. I need help. There's strange things going on in my house. They're on the phone. Strange things are going on in my house, and all this stuff. Things are, you know, like my crosses are getting turned upside down, and pictures are flying off the wall." crazy thing. I'm in high school, right? There's a lot of adults who've never dealt with this, but I'm in high school. We're going to deal with this over the phone. And uh, I said, I didn't, faith rose up. I just knew. It was like, I just knew what to do. It was like the Holy Spirit came on me and it was like this God wisdom of how to handle it. And I said, what, what did you do last night? 
And she said, um, well, I was at a friend's, and we were playing with the Ouija board. And she said, I, y- y'all think that's bad. It is. You should know this. Yeah, it's bad. And um, she said, I was playing. And she said, I knew I shouldn't have been doing it. And I got up to walk away from the table, and I felt like fangs went into my wrist and started pulling me back to the table, so I had to sit down. And she said, I've got marks on my arm where, where that happened. And she said, I've got, I've got like teeth marks on my arm where that happened. And I said, well, we're going to take authority over this. And she said, well, I, she started telling me what she was seeing in her house. It was very detailed. And I said, well, we're going to take authority over this. You don't have to deal with this. She said, okay. I said, put your phone up in the air. We was when we had the flip phones, you know, those old flip phones. I had a, it was like a razor or something. I don't know what it was. But I said, put your phone up in the air. I'm going to deal with this. And I, that's I said, in the name of Jesus, every demon has to leave this house and every attachment to her has to leave now in Jesus' name. And I felt, I I had never felt anything like that. It was like there was an atmosphere change. I could feel it over the phone. I felt the power of God rush through me and it was like it rushed through the phone. It was like a direct landline connection through through a mobile device. I don't know, it was intense. And And she put the phone and she said, I don't know what you did. I couldn't hear but it did something. Everything changed. The things I was seeing disappeared, and the things on my arm are gone, and something, something has happened. So that was the end of the story, so I thought. So I thought. Everything was done. It was over. She got delivered. Her house was back to normal, all the things. Well, last year, we were, we were back in my hometown preaching, in, in Illinois, and I was there in the service, and, and we were dealing, oh my goodness, there was so much going on, spiritual things happening in those services, they were powerful, matter of fact, we're going back Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of next week, not next week, the week after, so for revival services again, I mean, God was moving powerfully, so like, you got to come back, see what God's going to do again, so anyway, but I was, I was there, so be praying for us, we're traveling to go do revival meetings, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, in two weeks, but um, anyway, so I, we were there, and this, this lady comes up to me, and she says, Hey, Zach, you probably don't remember me, um, but when we were in high school, she said, I got delivered. And she said, I want you to, she said, I'll never forget that night where God showed up in my house. She said, I want you to see, that's my son over there at the altar getting prayer, getting ministered to. My whole family's here at this church. She said, and that story went back to that night. So you just never know. You just never know. Hallelujah. That's good snooze. That's good news. I didn't say snooze. I said that's news. That's good news. If you heard snooze, clean out your ears. That's good news. Don't snooze. We've been in this series called Wholeness this week and next week, our last two weeks in the series. How many of you have been blessed by this series? Let me hear you. I know I have. 
I've heard all sorts of testimonies coming in about how God's speaking to people, bringing things up, healing people of their past, setting people free. I, I am so, we love those testimonies. Keep them coming. Let us know. Share them in your small group. By the way, if you're not in a care group, in a small group, you should be in one. It's a great opportunity to take what God's speaking to you in service and just dig into it uh, in a small group. Amen. So we're going to continue today about God commands our emotions. And then, so by the way, let me just give you a segue. Uh, So we've got this week and next week left of wholeness. And then starting in March, we're going to start a series called The Covenant. And we're going to take a look at the covenant that you and I have with God and and the the what he paid for through his his death and resurrection. And I'm telling you, you're going to want to be a part of that. It's going to be powerful. We got uh, Easter coming up in, in March. For those that didn't know that Easter is early this year. So it's the end of March. So anyway, great things coming. And then uh, I think after that, we're going to do a series in April. where We're going to take a look at praise and how praise is our breakthrough. And just we're going to Pastor Grace singing about that this morning. So great things coming up. If you are looking for a passage of scripture to land on, you can go to Psalms chapter one. I, as I have been with this whole series, I'm going to go th- all throughout the Bible. So, and I'm going to dance a lot in Psalms this morning. But, but if you're looking for a place to kind of settle in, Psalms chapter one is a good place. So the Bible is full of things about our emotions. If you take a look, you know, last week we took a look at how our emotions are to glorify God. And, and uh, we wrapped up, you know, talking about uh, all of the things around our emotions. We're going to continue on that path today. But we know that the Bible has a lot to say with how we feel and what's going on in our emotions. So to say things like, well, emotions are of the devil or, you know, we live by faith and not by how we feel just ignores what God has created us with. He's created us with our emotions and your spiritual life, your spiritual well-being is directly connected to your emotional health. If your emotional health is affected, if you're depressed or discouraged or are feeling down or, or blue, those things affect your spiritual life. And your spiritual life affects your emotions, right? Like if you're, not, if you're not doing well spiritually, you won't take authority over your emotions when they're not where they should be. Don't shout me down when I'm telling you the truth. If, you're, if your spiritual life, if you're not... Uh, living by faith and you've got your eyes distracted by circumstances you're not in the word of God and not worshiping well it's it's much harder in that moment to say self you're going to delight yourself in the Lord so the Bible has a lot to say about our emotions Psalms is filled actually with verses about our emotions in Psalms 31 23 it says love the Lord all you his saints Psalms 33.8 says, Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. Psalm 64.10, Let all the upright in heart exalt. Psalm 37.4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord. Psalm 97.12 says, Rejoice. Try that again. Psalms 97.12 says, Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous. Psalms 32.11 says, be glad in the Lord. Psalm 42.5 says, hope in God. Psalms 33.2 says, give thanks to the Lord. 
I don't know, y'all. I'm going to try that again. I'm trying to help y'all out. Psalms 33, 2 says, give thanks. Yes. Hallelujah. Give thanks to the Lord. So these are some great emotions, right? Thankfulness, delighting, loving, being in awe, exalting, being glad, be joyful. Great instruction from the Lord here. These are not testimonies. Although Psalms is full of testimonies. Psalms 116.1 says, I love the Lord. It's a testimony of our love. Psalms 73.25, there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. It's a testimony. Psalms 119.103, how sweet are your words to my taste. Testimonies. But these, these verses we read earlier about our emotions, they're not testimonies. They're not promises, although Psalms is full of promises. Psalms 107.9 says he satisfies the longing heart. Psalm 69.32 says the humble will be glad. Amen. Psalms 58.10 says the righteous will rejoice when he sees the vengeance. They're promises from God for us. But these verses that we read first are not promises. And they're not prayers. Although Psalms is filled with prayers. Psalms 51.8 says, let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Psalm 86.4 says, gladden the soul of your servant. Psalm 90.14 says, satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad in all our days. So again, these are great scriptures. There's great testimonies, great promises, great prayers. But these verses about love, stand in awe, exalt, delight, rejoice, be glad, be thankful, be hopeful. These are not testimonies, promises, or prayers. They are commands. They are commands directed towards your emotions. And specifically, they're commands to delight in God. You know, it's so easy, I don't know about you, but it's so easy to allow our emotions to run off and we start emoting. Anybody ever emoted before? You allow your emotions to get the best of you and you start living out by your emotions. You just start emoting out. Well, and then you go to Facebook and you start telling the world about your emotions, right? But God gives us commands about our emotions. We are to command our emotions. It doesn't mean that you won't feel things. It doesn't mean that you won't feel discouraged or fear or grief or all of those things. We know that we will feel those things. But then God gives us commands for our emotions. And we can command our emotions. Did you know that? You can command your emotions. You can have self-control. Come on now. I know you ain't liking this message this morning. All my amen corner left me this morning. You've left me high and dry. You can have self-control over your emotions. You don't have to allow them to run away, run off with you. So why is this so important? Why are the Psalms filled with so many commands directed at our emotions and specifically directed at our delight in God. 
Have you ever wondered that? Why does God command us to delight in him? Why is there so many commands in scripture about our emotions? Well, we can find this in Psalms chapter 1. So that's where we're going to go. Psalms chapter 1 out of the ESV version says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his what? But his what? His delight. His emotions, his delight, emotional delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit and its season and its leaf does not wither. And all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so. They are like chaff that the wind drives away. So we find here in Psalms 1 this comparison, and I've taught on this before, but I just want to take a different look or spin at it. But we find this comparison between the wicked and the righteous. We find God speaking about the wicked who do not delight in God and the righteous who find their delight in Him. So God's answer to the question, why does He command our emotions to delight in Him? The answer is found right here in Psalms 1. And the answer is this, is that it keeps us from perishing. Finding your delight in God saves you from perishing. The righteous are not so, but the righteous... The righteous set their tongue to the sweetness of the Lord. The righteous, the Bible finds, they find their delight. The righteous find their satisfaction, find their emotional enjoyment in God. Y'all out there. So the righteous find their delight in God. The wicked are not so. The righteous... Find the sweet fruit of the, of the word of God and the things of God and take a bite out of the sweetness of God. They set their mouth, they set their, they set their mouth to enjoy the delights of God and discover that he's more precious than gold. He's more precious than silver. He's more, he's more sweet. He's sweeter than the honeycomb. When you find your delight in him, they were talking about your emotions this morning, finding your emotional satisfaction in God. Not, e not emotional satisfaction in the things of this world. You can go drink it up and smoke it up and dope it up and relationship it up and success it up and all the things, and you're going to find that they leave your emotions wanting. You can, you can even do all the religious things. Go to church and try to find your satisfaction in all that you do at church, but it will never satisfy until you find your delight in God. The righteous are to eat of his words and they're nourished. You can eat of God. You can taste him. Psalms 119, 103 says, How sweet are your words to my mouth. They're sweeter than honey. The righteous find their delight in the Lord. And every word that he says, every word that proceeds out of his mouth. Psalms 37, 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord. Psalms, uh, John 6, 35, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Are you feasting on God today? Are you delighting in Him? 
So God's answer to the question, what, why is it so important to delight? Why is it so important to find your emotional satisfaction in God so that you can not perish but have everlasting life? So that you don't perish, you don't find yourself dying emotionally, dying spiritually, but find eternal life, find the sweetness of God in your life. The wicked are not so. Psalms 1 verse 4 says, The wicked are not so. They're like the chaff that the wind drives away. The wicked do not delight in God. The wicked do not not delight in His Word. They don't delight in Him and they will perish. So there's a real truth here for us that we're to find our delight in Him, not the things of this world. Keep yourself from perishing. This This isn't just religion. This is about delighting in God. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 16, 22, that if anyone has no love for the Lord, let him be accursed. So we're to delight in God. Revelation 3, 16 says, because you're lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will spit you out of my mouth. So we are commanded repeatedly through Scripture to find our delight in God. Psalms 1 tells us, find your delight so that you can be aligned with God. You can be alive in His river. That you can be overflowing in His abundance. Are you all out there this morning? Find your delight in Him. Find your delight in Him. So this answer to the question... Why should we delight in God gives us more questions. Well, why, why are we to delight in God? It leaves us with the question, then what would cause us to perish if we don't delight in God? What would cause us to perish if we don't find our satisfaction in God? One, God is supremely valuable and desirable. There's no one like him. There's absolutely no one like him. And so if we don't find our delight in him, we've missed the most valuable of all. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? I'm beginning to wonder. There is for you and I a delight in his presence, a delight in who he is that is beyond anything that this world can offer. He is the supreme. He is the utmost. He is the holiest. There's, the Bible says that there, the, the angels, the elders, and those around the throne, they can't come up with anything else to say, but holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. There, there, he is so uh, unlike anything, anyone else, anything else, that, that the only word that can describe the, the King of kings and the Lord of lords is holy, holy holy. His holiness is, it's not just about that he's sinless. He is, but it's so much more. His holiness is about that there is none like him. There's no one. He is set apart. He is set above, higher than any other. He is greater than any other. That's why his title is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. There's no one else greater than him. And so if you try to satisfy yourself, satisfy your emotions with anything but Him, it won't work. It won't work. 
He is the ocean. When, you know, playing golf or going to the baseball game or, or hanging out with your family or seeing your grandkids or all of those things, those are but drops in the bucket when He is the vast ocean of supremeness. There, you can't get better than Him. You can't get better. And when you have Him, all those other things become more rich. When you have Him and you delight in Him, it, when worship isn't a, it isn't a bother to worship. It's the overflow of delight in Him. Prayer is not something you check off your list. I did five minutes today. I got it done. Praise God. It's the delight of your life because it's the overflow of Him. When it's time to serve at church, this is it. You didn't get an email asking you to serve at church and, and you checked yes, and now you gotta, I gotta go do my thing at church. No, it's the overflow of delight in Him. God, I get to worship you in your house through serving others. It's the abundance of Him. He's supremely valuable and desirable. Psalms 19:10 says, He's more to be desired. Than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. Psalms 36 7 says, How precious is your steadfast love, O God! The children of mankind take refuge in the shadow of your wings. Psalms 34 8 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is he who takes refuge in him. Revelation 5.12, they said, worthy is the lamb who was slain. Worthy, that word worthy, he's valuable. He's, he's more valuable than anything else. Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive what power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Revelation 1.8, he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the first and the last. Ooh, there is no one. <laughs> you can't get any better. Who is and who was and who is to come? I am the Almighty. Hebrews 1.3 says he is the radiance of the glory of God, the exact imprint of his nature. And he's upholding the universe by the word of his power. He's the supreme God upholding all things. The, just look out into the universe. Look out into the stars. Look out into the galaxies. For years upon years, scientists have tried to see the expanse of our universe. And they've never found the end. And I have a feeling they never will because he's, he's holding it by the word of his power. It's, he's eternal. Psalms, Proverbs, sorry, Proverbs 34. Who has ascended to heaven and come down? Who has gathered the wind in his fist? Who has wrapped up the waters in a garment? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name? What is his name? What is his name? Surely you know. Woo, Isaiah 41 says, Who has performed and done this? Calling generations from the beginning. I, the Lord, the first and with the last, I am he. 
One of my favorites, 1 Timothy 1.17, says, Now to the king of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. He is the supreme God. He's the ruler of the ages. He's the ancient of days. He's the bright and morning star. He's the lily of the valley. You can't get any better than him. So when Psalm says, delight yourself in God, whoo, there's so much to delight in. <laughs> when he says, delight in the Lord, I wake up in the morning. I have breath in my lungs. I delight in God. When I go to bed at night, I have a bed to lay my head down and I think about your goodness through the day. I delight in God. When I go to my job, thank you, Lord. I have, a, I have a paycheck to be a blessing. Thank you, Lord, that you not only meet my needs, but you give me more than enough to bless others. Thank you, Lord. I delight myself in you. Thank you, Lord, when I show up and I see those people I don't like. I still delight myself in you, God, because you're, you got them. I'm here to be a light. They don't know it, but there's an anointing on my life to affect them. They don't know it, but the same Jesus in me is going to be the Jesus in them soon enough. Yep, thank you, Lord. I delight myself in you. When I'm driving down the road and, and I can't get down Route 8 because they're doing all the traffic and I'm stuck in an hour's wait. Thank you, Jesus. I've got time to just hang out with you. Would you like to sit in my passenger seat and go for a ride with me? Let's talk. I'm going to delight myself in God. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> when I get to church on Sunday, it's just the overflow of everything that I've been delighting in all week. <laughs> you just you can't get enough. 365 until you die. There ain't nothing better. He is. <laughs> he is. He said, I am. I say, he is. <laughs> I agree. So when, when you recognize that God is the supreme being, that he is the Lord of lords and the king of kings, when you recognize that, you see that, then there's this reality that sets in that there's still another part to answer in this question of what would cause us to perish. If God is the supreme being and we don't delight we also have to recognize that there is a responsibility to delight. He could be the supreme God, the supreme being, and you not delight in Him. Because you don't delight in Him doesn't change who He is. It doesn't change His nature because you don't find joy in Him. It doesn't change His goodness. But when we discover by faith that He is who He says He is, that He is the supremely precious and valuable and most beautiful, satisfying person there ever was, then this nature of God becomes an experience for us. You see, delight, there's an emotion of delight, but that emotion of delight comes because you experience Him. You have to experience Him. You can't just talk about Him. You can't just go to church. You have to experience Him. 
His eternal, unchanging ocean of glory and excellence and goodness and supremeness and value and worth and preciousness have to become your experience. Psalms 34 eight, we read it already, says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Pull up to the table. He's prepared a banqueting table for you today. There's a feast happening in this place today. You can pull up to the table and taste and see that the Lord is good. First Peter tells us like newborn infants that we're to long for the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation, that you have tasted that the Lord is good. Mm. <laughs> I've tasted. <laughs> Woo! I've tasted that he's good. I've tasted that he's good. This is some preacher didn't tell me that he was good. Some menu didn't tell me that it was a five-star rating. I didn't come into church today and open up the bulletin and say, hmm, what's for dinner today? And there was a, there was a little celebration uh, a logo next to God is good. Hmm. I don't know. That's not. No, I, I came in today and I pulled up to the table of the Lord and I've been delighting on his goodness and the supremeness of his nature all morning. I don't know about you, but, but there is a delight in His presence. It's not just good information. It's not just religious garbage. It is our experience. Hallelujah. Hebrews says, have tasted. I have tasted. Tell somebody next to you, I have tasted the goodness of the Word of God. And the powers of the ages to come. I have tasted not just of his goodness in this life. I've not just seen him meet my need in this life. I've not just seen him work miracles in this life. No, no. Hebrews says I've tasted of the powers of the ages to come. There's an eternal realm of glory. There's an eternal world of glory that I've tasted of. I feel His presence in this room, but I've stepped over. I've crossed over. There's a glory greater than what I've seen in this life. I've seen it. I saw Him hanging on the cross. I saw Him get out of that, that dead man's tomb. I've seen Him ascend into heaven and the same Holy Ghost that fell on the day of Pentecost has Shabrabasalamase I've tasted of the ages and the powers of a world to come. Eternity is breaking in on us. Eternity is breaking in on us. Yeah, so when I delight in God, oh, I have the ages to come breaking in on me. It's not just a, a good idea. I feel eternity breaking in on me. Whoo, shake hell my side. Woo! Delight yourself in God. And I think I will. I delight myself in God. Hallelujah. Woo! <laughs> Isaiah 55, if you haven't figured this out yet, here's a verse for you. If you think we all crazy and lost our minds, here's a verse for you. 
Come, all who are thirsty. Come to the waters, you who have no money. Come buy and eat. If you feel thirsty this morning, if you feel dry this morning, if you feel like you've been in the hot summer sun trying to press your way through life, I've got good news for you. You can delight yourself in God. And all of a sudden, instead of the fears and the pressures and the weights and the anxieties and all the things you've been carrying, you feel the power of the ages to come. Whoo! I am. God said, I was, I am, and I evermore shall be. There's, there, there's, a, there's a direct connection. I just got to pause here. There's a direct connection between your delight, your emotional Health and well-being. You're delighting God. A direct connection to that and your experience of eternity. In this life. In this life. Not just in the next life. But in this life. You can, you can know His presence. You can know His joy. You can know His peace. You can know the supreme nature of God. In this life. The power in the ages of the ages to come. You can experience now. And it's not goofy. You know, people say things when you, when you start telling them about your experience with the Lord and how He's met you and you've felt His presence and He's spoken to you and how He's shown up to you. And, 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 and listen, I'm not saying go make uh, doctrines out of your experience. You know, there are, the Bible's filled with, the, with doctrine. That's our doctrine. But there are experiences that we have with God, and He meets us in special ways. And, and you just gotta, you got to come to grips with the reality that not everybody's going to understand your experience with God. Not everybody's going to understand. Come on now. And yeah they, yeah, they probably won't be excited. They think you're crazy. You hear from God every day. I talk to Him while I drive down the road. He's got a lot to say. His words are life. <laughs> His words are life. I need to listen to what he's got to say. He might have something to say on that car you're working on. Andy. He might have something to tell you where to put that thing so that it runs right and starts clanking and clacking. He might save somebody some money. I'm coming to see you. You have an anointing to save some money. I'm coming to see you. <laughs> You just got to listen. Delight yourself in Him. Mm -hmm. Eternity is on the line. What's at stake about this? What's at stake in your emotion? It is the glory of God. If you don't delight in God, you dishonor God. Did you hear me? If you don't delight in God, you dishonor God. That's why we perish if we don't cherish Him above all else. That's why God commands us over and over and over and over. Delight in God. Be glad in God. Rejoice in God. Because He is the supreme. And if we don't delight in Him, we dishonor Him. And we rob ourselves of the joy that comes from delighting in Him. Psalm 73 says, Whom have I in heaven but you? 
And there is nothing on earth that I desire beside you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Can you say like Asaph here in Psalm 73, Lord, whom, who do I got? Who is it? Who that? Who do I have in heaven but you? There is nothing on earth that I desire more than you. So this is, this is what's at stake. The glory of God. To enjoy Him. And to know His glory. Jesus told this parable about the kingdom of heaven in Matthew 13, 44. He said the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. Which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. Did you hear that? This parable here, it doesn't teach us that we indicate the glory or the preciousness of the treasure of God by selling all that we have to get it. This parable is much more radical than that. It says we indicate the preciousness of the treasure by joyfully selling all that we have to get it. Burdensome sacrifices out of duty to God make God look bad. Did you hear me? Burdensome sacrifices out of duty make God look bad. That's not what he's called us to. He said, these things I have spoken that my joy may be in you and your joy may be that was about half the crowd. Some of you aren't reading your Bible. That my, that my joy may be in you and your joy may be full. The radical Christians in the Bible make God look glorious. Here's a verse, Hebrews 10, 34. For you had compassion on those in prison and you joyfully, what? You joyfully accepted the plundering of your property since you knew that you yourselves had a better possession and abiding one. The way they say, they joyfully accepted the trials and the tribulations that they faced. They joyfully went into the trial. They joyfully knew. Y'all out there, command yourself, James said, to be in a place of joy when you face trials. What did they sing? Psalm 73. Whom have I in heaven but you? I might lose all of this. I might lose my possessions. Things might get rough or difficult, but you are my portion. You are my portion. Joy, finding their joy in God, finding their delight in God. It is no more an option for us to pursue joy in God than it is for God to pursue His glory in us. Both are essential. God pursues the magnification of His glory by satisfying our lives with Himself. This is why we are commanded to delight in God. He lavishly pours out His glory to satisfy our longing souls. He, his desire is to make you happy in Him. His desire is to satisfy you in Him. The battle of our life, the battle of our emotions, is the battle for our joy. The trials that you face, the troubles that come your way, the battles that you'll, you'll find, the, the strongholds of working in through your mind and all of the things, it's continually a battle for your joy. Our lives depend 
on our joy in God. The Bible tells us over and over that it's not smooth sailing when we get born again. Did you hear me? Life doesn't become just smooth sailing. But every obstacle, there's joy. Every trial, there's joy. Every heartache, there's deeper levels of joy. Let me help you. Let me give you some Bible. Psalms 35 says his anger is but for a moment. And his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may last for the night, but joy comes with the morning. Uh, You didn't hear it. Weeping may last for the night, but joy comes with the morning. Psalms 4-7 says, You have put more joy in my heart than they that have grain and wine that abound. John 15, 11 says, These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. 1 Peter says, Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him. And rejoice with a joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. 1 Chronicles 16, 27 says, Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his place. I don't hear much joy. I'm just going to keep on going. Hopefully this will settle into your soul this morning. Psalms 5.11 says, But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy. Ha, ha, ha. I took my own advice this morning. We were on our way to church, and the kids were fussing in the back seat, as kids do. And I was just, ha, 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 <laughs> and they're like, Dad, what are you doing? You're so funny. And they stopped fighting. You know what they did? They started laughing. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to make yourself laugh. And then the great thing is, is the Holy Spirit wants you to laugh. Let's keep going. Psalm 1611 says, you make known to me the path of life in your presence. Everybody hear that? In your presence. There's what? Fullness. 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 Fullness of joy. At your right hand, there are pleasures evermore. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. That means, you know what fullness is? Fullness is where you... Put some in, shake it, put more 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 in, in, until you're overflowing. God has joy that's copious overflowing. So that means (laughs) he's putting joy in, shaking up, and it starts at ha, 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 ha. That's where it starts. You really, ha, 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 ha. And then he shakes you up a little bit, and then he puts a little bit more joy. Ha, ha, ha. Woo, that felt good. And then you just, he shakes you a little bit more and puts a little bit more joy in. (laughs) And then he shakes you a little bit more and puts a little bit more. Some of you look like you need more shaking. (laughs) Romans 14, 17 says that the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. 
Are you saying, Pastor, you want us to laugh? Yes! <laughs> is it, somebody say, this, you're, this is the power of suggestion. Yes! <laughs> this is the Bible. He fills your mouth with laughter. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Psalms 32, 11 says, Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous. Shout for joy, all you upright in heart. Isaiah 12, 3. Yeah, somebody's going to get it at some point. Isaiah 12, 3. With joy, you will drink deeply from the fountain of salvation. Have you been drinking from the fountain of salvation lately? Has your salvation become a drudgery? Then you can say like David, restore to me, Lord, the joy of my salvation. I can drink from the wells. <laughs> salvation with joy. Hallelujah. Job 8.21 says he will fill your mouth with laughter and your lips with shouts of joy. Psalms 126.2 says we were filled, 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 filled with laughter. <laughs> <laughs> Psalms 51 12 I said, I said it already but restore to me the joy some of you need joy restored I've been beat up I've been broke then have a drink today of the wells of salvation they're joyful wells springing up into eternal life you're not drinking of a well of eternal depression you're not drinking of a well of eternal discouragement you're not drinking of a well of beaten and broken and busted and disgusted and all the mess you're drinking from the wells of eternal life with joy. There's joy. Joy is like the bucket. You know, you got a big old whale, and the whale's got water. Whoo, and there's a lot of water to drink. There's a lot of water to drink in the, in the, in the well of God. There's a, there's a big old well. I don't know if you've ever been to a well, but there's a, there's a big old hole with a lot of water on the inside of it. But the only way to drink of that water you got to get the pail. you got to get the bucket. Jack and Jill went up the hill to fetch a pail of water. you got to get your pail and get up the, to the well. And when you get to the well, you let down your bucket. And you lower it in. And you draw it back up. And if there's water in the well, you're going to take the bucket and go, glup, 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 and have a drink, right? Isaiah says, with joy you will drink from the wells of salvation joy is the bucket to tap into the waters you want to drink from the wells of of god you want to drink from the wells of his presence you got to get your bucket of joy out and start dipping it in the water and you have a little drink and then Ha, 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 ha. And then you just keep drinking a little bit more and you just keep on laughing just a little bit more. Because he fills your mouth. All of that, that water. You know, you, you, you could take a drink of water. You could do a nice dainty sip. Thank you. 
I'm happy now. Thank you, Jesus. I'm happy. I'm trying, y'all. I'm really am. Or you can take. You can take the big old thing of water. I'm not going to do it. Because. And fill your your mouth. You can have a little sippy taste, or you can have a mouthful of His glory. Psalms 96, 12 says, let the field and their crops burst out with joy. You ought to be so happy your crops are bursting with joy. Say, I don't have a field, Pastor. Everything you say your hand to ought to be joyful. Everything, your, your property is joyful. Your house is joyful. Your work is joyful. Everywhere you go is joyful. Because you've got the joy of the Lord flowing in your life. There is abundant joy, happy, happy, happy in your life. That everything you say your hand to is joyful. Well, you can be depressed. That's okay. Joy. Joy. Let their fields and their crops burst out with joy. Let their trees of the forest sing for joy. You drive down the road and the trees are singing for joy in front of you. You're so filled with the joy of God that the birds are singing, that the trees are clapping, that the, the crops are bursting out. With Is anybody in here today? Have a drink for goodness sake. <laughs> Proverbs 15, 13, a glad heart makes a happy face. I'm going to say that again. Leave, leave, leave that verse up there for a second. If you've got the joy of the Lord, I think I said this a couple weeks ago. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. If you got the joy in your heart, it is going to bubble on up to your face. If your face hasn't figured out that you're joyful, you need to have a heart check. There probably is a lack of joy. Because when there's joy in your heart, your face looks happy. Say, is that why you're telling us to laugh? Yes! <laughs> Let it overflow! <laughs> You say, what, why? Why is this so important? I just spent half an hour telling you why it was so important. <laughs> Delight yourself in God. Delight yourself in God. Blessed is he that delights. His delight is in the law of the Lord. We just talked about it. Your joy, your satisfaction in God is connected to your thriving in God. If you want to thrive spiritually, you got to learn to laugh. You got to learn to drink. And I'm not talking about just carnal laughing. You got to learn to delight, have joy in God. Well, I'm just reserved. Whatever. You're constipated, is what you are. Because 
Because what happens is when you get in the presence of the Lord, all of that C-R-A-P stuck in the inside of you starts breaking loose. All of that carnality, all of that rubbish, all that sin, all that depravity, all the junk and stuff that's stopped up your well, all of a sudden it starts breaking loose. And, and ha, 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 starts coming out. You're like, stop it. Do not laugh. And all the while, God's just trying to break loose all the garbage. You're like, when you start delighting in him, things change. All that stuff changes. <laughs> Woo. Well, I'm making friends and influencing people this morning. Luke 114. You will have great joy and gladness. Great joy. <laughs> this is the Bible, I'm telling you all. I'm not making this stuff up. I'm not, I'm not trying. This is the Bible. You will have great joy. And God wants you to be joyful. He wants you to delight. He wants you to be happy. He wants you to be happy with your life, happy with each other, happy in Him. If you're not happy, you need to go to Jesus, who's the great God of happiness. Matter of fact, the Bible says he sits in heavens and laughs. He's laughing right now. He's laughing. Well, isn't he upset about... He's laughing. Everybody has this idea that God is angry. He just sits on a throne of anger. He's like the fake Santa Claus, an elf. You sit on a throne of lies and you smell like beef and cheese. That's that, that is not God. He is not sitting on a, on a throne of anger. He is happy. He, you know why he's happy? Because he knows everything that he has planned, every order, every ordinance, every rule of law, everything, every law of gravity, everything is working in its place to fulfill his plan. There is nothing out of order. There is nothing in your life out of order. He knows every detail, every detail. He's not scratching his head thinking, oh my goodness, their life's in chaos. What are we going to do? Gabriel! Red button! He sees you in your mess and he's laughing. <laughs> Only if they knew. And he's, it's not condescending. We, you know, we do it condescending. <laughs> If they only do. No, he's fully satisfied and happy in spite of you, in spite of your situation, in spite of the work of the devil. He's fully content, fully happy, always satisfied. He can laugh. He's joyful. And when he holds, the rest of that verse is that he holds the enemy in derision. He holds them in derision. I just, it's, it's so awesome. God is so supreme. It's just like the enemy is trying. It's like the, it's like the little kid. Come here, Nick. I got to demonstrate this. God is sitting in heaven laughing. <laughs> Come here, you're the devil. Not really. <laughs> Come here, put your head down. 
Now come, do, come at me. Come at me. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're worried about what it's going to be like. And God's saying, <laughs> I've got the enemy right where I want him. <laughs> this is for your good and my glory. <laughs> this is for your good and my glory. <laughs> throw the throw them in the fire. Throw the Hebrew boys in the fire. <laughs> Let me show you what I can do. <laughs> Woo! Burn them at the stake. Let me show you what I can do. They'll laugh as they burn because they found their joy in me. I just cut them in two, saw them in half, seal their, seal their homes. Do what you want to do. I am enough for them. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> 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 what are you going to do with a bunch of people like that? The world calls us crazy. They might be right. I don't know. It's okay. I'm a peculiar person. The Bible tells me so. Nehemiah 8.10 says, The joy of the Lord is your strength. Isaiah 55.12 says, You will go out with joy. Habakkuk 3.18, I will take joy in the God of my salvation. Romans 15.13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy. Psalms 30.11 says, You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have loosed my sackcloth, and you have clothed me with joy. <laughs> Psalms 98.4 says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. <laughs> Break forth into joyous songs and sing praises. Woo! Psalm 60, I'm, I'm happy. Psalm 65, 12 says, The pastures of the wilderness overflow, and the hills gird themselves with joy. The meadows clothe themselves with flocks. Everywhere you go, there's joy. They sing. The, the, even creation is singing for joy. If, if cre I got a question for you. If creation, which is under the curse... If creation and all, all the elements of creation are going to be burned up, created new, is under the curse, and it's shouting for joy and singing for joy and girding itself with joy, what you ought to be doing? <laughs> joy. Delight yourself in the law of the Lord. Delight yourself in God. Delight yourself in God. Let's stand together. Delight yourself in God. He commands your emotions. He commands you to delight. He commands you to find delight in Him. Not religion, Him. Delight. Ha ha.